Everybody, we have a fantastic guest on the show today. We have the award-winning journalist, host of BC Today on CBC Radio One, Michelle Elliott. Welcome to Filipino Fridays, Michelle. Oh, Archie Rose, thank you for having me. So, so excited to chat with you now. What is so amazing about you coming onto the show is because you are one of the leading faces, the leading voices of Filipino representation on the media. You know, with a list of more and more Filipino journalists that we see on TV, whether it's Faith Fandal, whether it's Marjorie Dowhouse or Maribel Tarouk, Korea Renouf, Jason Perez, the list goes on. It's amazing. How has the experience been like, you know, being able to represent your community in this profession? Oh, you know, it means so much. I started so long ago um, and I did a lot of time behind the scenes as well. And, you know, pitching stories about Filipinos, people from the Filipino community and just trying to get um, more of a spotlight on the community. Um, and now seeing, you know, Faith is a good friend of mine, so I'm so glad you mentioned them. It's it's always exciting for me to see my colleagues celebrating their, you know, their Filipino identity and see more Filipinos come up. I'm always the first person to welcome someone. You know, if I see that someone is, is Filipino-Canadian who's starting out with, with us, I would send a little email just to say hello. And I'm so happy to, to see you. And, and if you have any questions, just, you know, hit me up. But to me, it's it's um, it means a lot because it's such a big part of my experience. But I also know that it means I'm representing the experience of so many other people um, who maybe have not had that representation, that voice, that perspective um, reflected in news media. And so where it comes um into play is, you know, very overtly and different things like a special on Filipino Heritage Month, which you so very kindly and graciously joined us for, um, or even in subtle ways, you know, like I, I, I find um, questions come to me based on my immigrant experience. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's, that's my knowledge, right. Of, of what I went through that, what I know other people have gone through. And I think that's a very specific um uh, knowledge and experience that I can bring to the table. And I find, I, I, I often think of those questions and I go, yeah, um, I don't think other people would think of this question. And I know that, that there are hopefully listeners out there who will find that that question and whatever the answer, um, it generates resonates with them and they have a kind of aha moment while they're listening. So I'm hoping that that is something that connects with our, with, with the Filipino community, um, with other communities of color as well to be like, and, and immigrants, you know, to say, yeah, that's something I went through. I'm glad somebody asked that. I hadn't heard that before. So it's kind of those two things. It's the, it's, it's the um, very obvious representation, but also in just an everyday questioning and how I approach, I approach stories. 
I love that you mentioned that because that actually leads right into my next question. <laughs> um, so you immigrated to Canada when you were 12 years old. And of course, asking poignant questions to really put a lens in the immigrant experience. So how has your experience as an immigrant shaped the way that you tell your stories? I know um, you've mentioned asking you know, questions to really get to the point where others could connect with that person, with that community. So how has that immigrant experience experience, I guess, shape the way that you really um, take great care in telling the stories? There's uh, a way in which communities are, are uh, communities' stories are told that makes it seem othering. Mm -hmm. That this is, you know, this is an other kind of community. So the lens of the perspective is told from, from somebody else. And so I have found that I've often gotten into discussions where I'll say, no, let's 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 ask the questions that make this community feel part of the big picture, rather than like we're all observing to see what this community is like. But how you know what are the issues in this community? We'll talk about that. What are the solutions, and how does that fit into, in, fit into the bigger picture? And I think like uh, a really big focus for me has been avoiding othering um, in our coverage, and I think that does come from having been the other. <laughs> you know you as, as an immigrant you work so hard to become included and to become part of the Canadian fabric mm -hmm. um and I came when I was 12 years old so I remember and I, I experienced that very viscerally so I think that's been a real focus for me and even beyond specifically Filipino stories just that question of having gone through something so dramatic in your life like a really big significant change mm -hmm. Um, that force you to reflect and, and, you know, change as a person. I went through that. I was, you know, I was 12 years old and I know, you know, that's, that's a tough age to begin with. Yeah. I went through a lot. Um, you know, you, first of all, your circumstances change. Um, you do experience racism mm -hmm. um, and that, uh, uh, not being welcome, not being uh, being told that you know to go back home and all of that. Um, but the, just even that experience of, of of being displaced and moving to a brand new place mm -hmm. in and of itself, like inherently, regardless of other people, that's that in, in and of itself is really hard as a teenager. And so I think that has really influenced how I approach stories, which is, when someone tells me they have had a lot, you know, this huge, massive change in their life and they have to adjust uh, somehow and how have they come through that and gone to the other side or, or, or you know, um, arrived to the other side, that can be applicable to anyone's story. Um, and I have, I, I kind of feel like I always try to get to that, you know, what is it that makes that person tick? And I feel like I empathize with that experience um, because I, I went through that at such a young formative age. Amazing. And because of that type of, um, I guess, connection, you know, being able to relate with that experience, whoever is on the other side will feel comforted, uh, will feel like someone is listening and does feel like, hey, our stories matter, that you do care and this is why we're here and we do belong. And thank you for that. So <laughs> thank you for, for doing that. And, <laughs> and thank you for taking great care and making sure to 
to really highlight stories without othering, to really get down to the root of what really matters to all of us and really tackling some of these questions or issues that people can learn from in order to appreciate kind of where somebody has, you know, come from or what their experiences has been like. Um, take us through. So, okay. So you moved to Canada, you know, it was a bit of an adjustment period, a bit of a dramatic life change. Right. And then fast forward to pursuing journalism, um, as a career. So I was just curious, were there any, um, role models that you looked up to when you were starting out in your career? Um, not only in a Filipino sense, but even in general, just as a journalist, Um, yeah, can you share some of your role models or examples? Oh, absolutely. Um, Ian Hannah Mansing is actually one of the first uh, <laughs> first journalists I admired. I have to say, um, you know, I uh, I became interested in journalism. I'd always loved writing, so that's kind of where I come from. Is I I, I love storytelling, and my dad has been was always a news junkie. Even in the Philippines, we watch news all the time. Mm-hmm. But he started to watch a show called, I think it was called Pacific Rim Report. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, a few years after we arrived and I was still, still adjusting to, to being in Canada, but he told stories from Asian countries and mm. stories of people who had arrived here. And I, that was exactly what you just said. I felt like my story mattered. Yeah. I, oh, people here care about people from the Philippines because he was telling those stories and I, I remember him, a, a, a shot of him in a story um, in Manila, like, in, you know, jeepneys. And, oh, and wow. So I just thought, wow, like this journalist is able to make me feel like I belong here or, you know, that my story is important and that people care about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really cognizant. Like I, w- I couldn't articulate it in that way, probably. But I, I just became quite interested in him and a big fan of him. Uh, who is, by the way, just one of the nicest person <laughs> you'll ever meet. Um, so I would say Ian Hennemessing is probably one of the first people who um, inspired me in journalism. And just uh, any, everyone else, you mentioned Maribel Taruk. I've been watching her for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mi Jung Lee here in Vancouver, um, long time face on the news, obviously. But I, when I was in university, I already knew by then that I wanted to do journalism. But I didn't know what kind, what mm-hmm. form. Um, and so I would go to any, you know, speaker series or any kind of session that had the word journalism in it. So I remember going to see someone from the Vancouver Sun um, speak, and I went to see Mi Jung Lee speak. Um, and I remember she was just talking about her experience. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Uh, so those kind of, you know, uh, people who just... Got, got me interested, but a lot of, you know, journalists of color who just kind of paved the way for, for the rest of us <laughs> coming later on, I really admired. Amazing. Well, with that, you know, now that you are actually our role model, <laughs> um, what are, what is your advice or what are some tips even that you would share for other, you know, up and coming a Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex, Canadian uh, journalist that is uh, looking to pursue that career, that path. Yeah. Yeah. I always say it's all about listening. You know, I was a peer counselor. (laughs) Like, I always have just liked listening to people and just um, using active listening skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's come in really very handy 
I think that's just a big part of what I do, which is being in the moment, like what you're doing, which is listening to me speak and just kind of picking up on what I'm saying. Um, so always just listen to people. It can be the hardest thing to do if you're doing something like live radio, because you're thinking about the clock and everything else. But uh, it's just the skill that is the most important, I think, no matter what you know medium you do. And then sometimes I think my advice is not really relevant anymore because it's things have changed so much since I started. Oh my goodness. Like I got to CBC through an internship. Uh, I also came here through, um, they held like a student journalism contest. So I handed in a cassette tape that tells you (laughs) what it was like when I started. So things are so different now. And I would just say, put your work out there because, you know, luckily you have so many venues for you to showcase your work. And so I think, although it can be harder because competition is hard um, because of like media concentration or, you know, where, where, where you can even find um, outlets um, where you live and that kind of thing. At the same time, you have social media to be able to put your work out there, you know, put a podcast together and, and see where it goes. You never know. Mm-hmm. So I think that is such a gift. Um, so you get to do the thing, like do your work and not maybe focus so much on like getting to getting to one of the big media outlets. You can, you know, there is an audience there that's hungry for information, hungry for conversation. Um, it's just a matter of getting it to them. And uh just use the use those tools that are available to you because of of of, of um, technology now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if anything, put a podcast together, friends. <laughs> you heard it here exactly. <laughs> and I'm such you. A, yeah, absolutely. Like I am such a big podcast fan. I've heard your podcast, obviously. And I thank you. I, <laughs> <laughs> so cool. <laughs> totally. And my list, like, if you saw my phone it's like my book list of like so many TB to be read books oh, yeah, yeah. that I still have to get to because it's like this episode and that episode, you know, the, the, the series that you have to go through every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I am a, I devour podcasts. Love it. I love it so much as a podcast creator and a podcast. Fan, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask, you know, your, your show is a live radio format. People call in, right? Basically it's that whatever happens, happens, whatever goes, goes. What has been the most thrilling part? Um, not only obviously getting to ask really unique questions because it's, you know, it's right there at that moment. What has been the most thrilling part of your job, you know, when on a day-to-day basis? Do you know, um, yeah, it's people who um, show like their personal stories and then I don't know what's going. It's when I kind of throw up the script and be like, okay, we're here, we're in this moment right now and let's do this. Like, mm-hmm. I lose track of time. I often, when it's a really... Um, when it's a caller, I really want to explore. I lose track of time and then <laughs> I could probably move on. But do you know, last week we did um, karaoke. And I love it. <laughs> speaking of things Filipinos love. So I thought I've been wanting to do this. And my colleague, actually, Jay Costello, who's a friend of mine, uh, we were talking about karaoke when he said, you got to do it. You got to do it <laughs> because he knows how much I love music. It's like, yes, we have to do an episode on karaoke. You know, people have been missing it. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, and, you know, if we give them a chance to sing on the radio too. And so we had this fantastic journalist, Mel Woods on, because they had written this great piece on, on um, their last uh, experience doing karaoke. Yeah. Had um, a Filipino uh, singer, musician, Richard Pinto, with a Vancouver um, chorus, uh, with a chorus, Vancouver. I hope I got that right. Um, but he's just a very talented musician and he does these sing-alongs and so the ability to have people sing along to music is so great so we had them on the show but just being able to celebrate that and we had people who um you know were had called into the show many times before and we're like I'm actually nervous now (laughs) (laughs) they were going to sing on the radio so we had people coming on and and telling us about why they love karaoke or when was the last time they they did it and they gave us a few bars So it is like, some might say that the unexpected is what makes you the most nervous, but it is kind of where the joy is. (laughs) That's where the excitement is. Yeah, exactly. These wonderful surprises. Okay. Now, you know, my follow-up question, Michelle, has to be, what is your go-to karaoke song? (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. So Richard actually brought up, he, he was the same as me, like really into, you know, um, nineties groups, anything, Lauren Hill, Mm. anything, Janet Jackson, I'm there. I can, you know, with it, I I can pick a song that's like kind of within my range. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, then I'm good. And like with a good beat. So I love it. Yeah. Lauren Hill, Janet Jackson, something like that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I got to watch a Lauren Hill show in the pouring rain a few years ago and it was it was so so worth it you know like <laughs> we were in um yeah in deer lake the, the deer lake uh her concert was on and it was just like pouring like just in true vancouver fashion just raining so much but nobody cared because it was just such an amazing moment to just witness her live and it was just yeah uh, I, I was there how are you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was great time. Yes. Same concert as you. Exactly. And it's she took a long time to get on stage. Yeah. Waiting and waiting. And yes, it was pouring, but she was, it was so worth it. I mean, yeah. just her presence, her voice, and those songs. I totally remember that. You know, we had the raincoats over yeah. us, but we were dancing away in Deer Lake Park. What I, that was probably my last live show actually, um, mm. where the pandemic hit. Um, yeah. I get to go to a lot because I've I've kids and I, I don't get to have a lot of nights out. But made sure to go to that one. Yeah, and, that's amazing! Oh my goodness, I <laughs> love it. Awesome. You, you were, were there. there. I was there. Yes, yes, I was there. Couldn't miss it. Couldn't miss it. And no. also to that, Lauren Hill and the storytelling in her songs is amazing. Of course, with the way that she frames um, her stories through her songs. So, anyways, uh, I'm not going to turn this into a yeah. uh, Lauren Hill fan Lauren club Hill moment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> episode. I want to touch on Mabuhay BC. So recent concept here um, kicked off in in the Filipino Heritage Month that happened here in June um, with you and GP Mendoza and Ali Pitargi. What was the feeling like to be able to actually feature these different stories in our community? I mean, specifically one of the most inspiring ones was our relationship with the indigenous community. Um, can you tell tell yeah tell us a little bit about the work behind that and how proud you must have felt to be able to celebrate uh, oh. the people of our community? It was 
It was such a great opportunity and, you know, big props to Tamara Belusha who approached us and came up with that idea. Um, and um, I, I worked a, very hard on the stories that I did on that, on that series, but it was so personally, just so gratifying to be able to do. And I actually got this e uh, email, a tweet from um, the singer M. Griner, who said, you know, you articulated uh, something that I, I'd been feeling for a while. And I thought, yeah, that's so true because, you know, my, my story featured this friendship um, between um, a Philippinex person, uh, Babette Santos and Mandy Nahaney of the Squamish Nation, um, also, who's also Niska from the Niska Nation. And they'd been longtime friends and collaborators and they celebrated each of their indigenous cultures and, and, and worked together. So to be able to tell that story, and I remember feeling just that, wow, there's that empathy and that sense of kinship, which I think um, Sobi Wing from the Katara Filipino Indigenous Society called it kapwa, that sense yeah. of, it's like, yes, you know, you just feel like um, there is a connection. And I think that resonated um, with uh, with people like M. Griner and, you know, Instagram um, comments as well was really lovely because it's like it hadn't been articulated before you all mm. media, you know, it did. obviously some people have been working on that for a long time, but um, it was just so nice to be able to tell their story and see them perform, which was kind of awesome. Um, but those honestly, it, it was um, also Ali's and and GP's stories like GP's um, story about names was amazing and it struck a chord uh with so many people mm -hmm. and same for um his story about um what you've talked about uh in on your podcast as well which is the kind of toxicity in in filipino culture um and just the fact that i i, I said to him you know people the fact that people recognize it right away like without skipping a beat said, yes, I, yes, I know that. I know that to be part of my experience, like my daily experience. I just thought we hadn't been able to do that before. Um, and uh, those ideas, like talking about names, it was so brilliant because every, it's like, you know, you know, it's just, it's part of your life. It's, it's sometimes things that are part of your daily life, you just take for granted and you don't mm -hmm. think it's, right? <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, it's just, you know, I, I know people who have like initials, as their names, because they, they, put, they initialize their, you know, two names, their, <laughs> their first and their second name. That's just the way things are. Like, that's not a story. That's just life, but it is. Yeah. And people connected to it and he got so much great feedback on it too. So yeah, to be able to reflect that and, and also to do stories that like are really positive and, you know, um, celebrate uh, Filipino culture as well. I thought, was such a was such a great opportunity and we hope to continue it more we have more ideas so that was you know it launched in june for philippine heritage month but the plan is to kind of keep going back to it we, we got so many suggestions from people so we're just going to keep kind of mining those ideas i love it yeah i've yeah. seen kind of pop-ups over in winnipeg over yes 
in Alberta. Yeah, Calgary. It's been amazing. And, you know, as somebody who is growing up as a Filipino in the diaspora, it's so exciting to see. It's so exciting to hear. And it continues to inspire you and empower you with really being proud of who you are and um, and your cultural identity. And and it's like, hey, I totally that I felt that I relate with that. That's why my name is unique. And <laughs> Um, um, GP had asked us to, to ask other people in our community about their names. And I happened to post and shout out, people know there's this really popular Facebook group called Subtle Filipino Traits. When I put the question out there, tell me the story behind your name. Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds. It was incredible. They, and it was so, so nice to see all of, you know, all of these names where a lot of our families and our parents have put such meaning behind it, whether it's something kitschy or whether it's something unique or initials, I will say, I will openly admit I've already planned my children's names and how it's <laughs> initialized, like with a nickname, it's like, okay, so my name starts with an A and my husband starts with a J. So these are my kids' names. And then when they're uh, when they grow up, their nickname is going to be AJ. <laughs> yes, of course. And you've already planned like four steps forward. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's true. When I had kids, especially the grandparents were like, so what's the nickname going to be? How are yeah. you going to the name? Like it's already or like one syllable or two syllables. <laughs> it's as short as you can get, but still there's a shorter version. So let's... Mm-hmm. Do you have any unique nicknames in your family? Like, is there a Tito boy or a Tito baby? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, n- not not currently, but I've, oh, I've, of course, grown up with, with a Tito boy and Tito baby. Yes, definitely. It's funny because um, when we did the karaoke, sorry to go back to karaoke, but yeah. karaoke show, um, Richard just said, you know, every Filipino has a Tita who has a magic mic. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Tita with a magic mic. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Can't, your house is not complete without it. There has to be no, one Tita with it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love it so much. All right. Well, I'm going to switch it to something fun, which is everybody loves to talk about food. Everybody loves to talk about Filipino food. I wanted to ask you, you know, on your deathbed, if you were to eat one last Filipino dish, what would that dish be? Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, it's hard to decide. Is it, I know is so it many steak? Is it? <laughs> um, uh, my favorite Filipino food, um, has to be, um, uh, ensaladang talong. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, and I don't get to have it very often. I feel like you don't, can't find it really. Um, it's, or I, you can, but it's just few and far between. Yes, that's right. I love, I love ensaladang talong. And when I went to the Philippines, it was like, when can I, you know, where can we get this? Let's, let's have it every day. Um, but I also would have because it's just it's so good now we have nut allergies in my in my house so I can't mm-hmm. really very often so mm-hmm. that is like so such a rare treat for me um kare kare and any kind of fish like right the fish like fresh fish especially in the Philippines like I remember going to Surigao with my that I'm not giving you an answer, am I? Because this no, is no, like- I love it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, I'm not gonna give you one, sis. I'm gonna give you all. <laughs> you did say what is the buffet you would like, right? There, yes, exactly. <laughs> what's, what's in your boodle fight? What's in your buffet? <laughs> there we go. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I remember, you know, we were in Surigao, which is, which has this beautiful, like, um, seafood, like very, very fresh. And we went, he said, we're going to go for lunch. And we went to this like super nondescript, um, like, a, a yeah, a market, uh, mm. like, um, water from the vendors, like flowing on the ground. And it's, it was just in the back. We went to the very, very back of this market, sat there. And of course there's a television playing like, um, Filipino game shows, Oh yes, yeah, which was so much fun, but the food, it was the STK, the, um, it was like, I can't remember what, what that actually stands for now, but it's basically seafood. Like you get the squid, oh. um, you get the fresh fish, and um something else um what is this the the raw fish that we have the kinilo there's kinilo. That. so that's mm-hmm. what the k is i think is oh, kinilo. yeah yeah wow. and so yeah so there was kinilo and squid and a fresh fish so like the fresh seafood in the philippines um oh it's just so good so, I agree. The barbecued uh, fish with the char on it is just so good. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> with the oh, sauce? my gosh. Oh. Yes, yes. Vin- like vinegar and toyo. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, it's those flavors. They they just, um, they're nostalgic. And then it that taste, that smell, it just, it buries deep in your memories. And yes, precisely the right choice, you know, your last buffet in life. <laughs> you must have those. <laughs> With insulatang talong, I love it. That's right. Oh my gosh, so good. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I'm not going to take too much of your time. So we're going to close off with a couple of last questions. Um, In terms of Filipino representation, or even seeing, you know, um, the future for the Filipino community, it's kind of the same question I ask most of our Filipino Canadian guests, you know, what would you like to see in the future in terms of Filipino representation, or even in terms of the Filipino community? What do you Mm -hmm. hope to see? Yeah, that's great. I think increasing the diversity in our community uh, and tackling, you know, there's the positive stories, but also there's, there's, you know, the stuff that, that, that you've talked about so well, which is what are things that we need to tackle in our own community? Um, and I think that is still lacking. You kind of had to get to, you know, a certain point in terms of coverage to be able to get to that kind of nuance. But um, I think that that would be really important to do, you know, and, and just talking about our responsibility as well as uh, as an immigrant community, um, you know, part of the, the story that I did from Abu Hai was was talking about that as, as immigrants and settlers here, um, you know, ensuring that we recognize that and our responsibility towards um, Indigenous peoples in Canada. So I think exactly what you guys are doing, it's I, I, I give so much props to the younger generation because you're bringing that like pushing forward the storytelling and like here are the issues we actually need to talk about so it's fun to talk about food but how can we you know get move forward um and and push the story forward because then that's what you know your story resonated so much like I had I posted it on my Facebook feed and people were like yes I've I've been through that like I've gone to parties and the first thing people say is is this they comment on on, on my looks, my mm-hmm. body. And um, I'm not giving the context here, but that was one of the things that you talked about. And, and, and part of, of GP's story was tackling body shaming in Filipino culture. And 
So the nuance of that, again, pushes the storytelling forward, but also really reflects the community mm-hmm. in a way that they, again, they say, just like the names, they say, I recognize that, that, um, you know, in an instant, I see that I've seen it in my daily life. So I think the more we do the coverage, the more nuance we can bring to it, because it's like, we've covered the basics, you know, you cover the basics of, of, of uh, Filipino culture, and then you can push forward and get to the nuances and, and to the meaty issues that we need to tackle. So I think the more we continue to do this coverage, the more we can push that forward. And there's so many things to talk about in the different nuances. And, you know, um, as I think I've learned in, in, in previous, um, uh, Zoom meetings or Zoom webinars that I've attended with Beyond Representation with Mabel Elmore and her team. And, you know, we are not just this one uh, one thing as Filipinos. Our, our stories are so diverse. They're so rich. We're from different regions, different islands. And then when we come here as settlers, um, we also have so many different uh, types of experiences. Yes. And there's just so much rich richness in telling those stories. And especially in the show, I was just talking about uh, this with somebody just yesterday, actually, when we caught a meal. Um, and uh, for him, he's half Filipino, um, half Caucasian, and his wife um, is Indigenous. And so together, they had both really work to understand each other's um, upbringings and really working towards mentoring youth so that there is this understanding um, and moving forward with what we can do to impact or create change now, knowing kind of all of these issues that are existing. Um, And uh, one thing that we had talked about too is, you know, for what we'd like to empower our listeners and our younger generation is that, you know, if at first you're, parents or your family may not have had the emotional or mental bandwidth because they're busy trying to survive here, you can now be the guardian and help them to understand, educate them about these existing issues that we are actually really a part of, right? Because we are part of this community as settlers here and why it's important to talk about them and what what we can do to be in solidarity, to also talk about these issues openly in our family and uh, and also, yeah, actually embody and show and share that Kapwa that we all know so deeply. I mean, that is really something that is so core as a Filipino, right? That Kapwa, that sense of collectivity, that connection, that uh, that love that we have, you know, for, for our neighbors, let alone extend that to our neighbors here Absolutely. in Canada. So definitely excited for more of these stories to come for the other youths out there that are focused on telling these stories. Thank you. And join us with this uh, type of work. So props to the youth, props yes. to the youth. <laughs> so thank you. you know, for. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm sorry. I just want to add something to that, what you said, because it's, I've, I've done stories over the years where, um, you know, the second generation uh, translate language for their parent. Mm-hmm. That's a responsibility, but you've just added to that, which is you translate what it means to live here and, you know, all your responsibilities as well um, to, to, to other people um, and other communities here. So it's like going beyond language, um, but also uh, ensuring that you, you understand your role um, as a settler here. So that, thank you for that. That's really great. Oh, thank you. I think, 
Part of it is, you know, if at first we struggle with connecting with our Filipino parents, you know, maybe because of language, right? The the only other language we know is the language in the world that we live in, especially, especially here in Canada. And if there is a way that we can connect with them through this, it's such a great way to actually get closer together I feel like mm. teach me more a little bit about understanding this part of our culture and I will also teach you and tell you a little bit more about what this world is like here now and it, we always always try to encourage our listeners to take that opportunity or um, if at first their 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 parents are uncomfortable with being vulnerable you know if just be brave and and set that conversation up for, for your parents, for your families, because it's such a wonderful opportunity to connect and then tell stories as this way. Right. So it yeah. really is. Yeah. Well, amazing. Well, the last thing that um, I wanted to ask you is um, what are some things that you hope to cover or what is next for Michelle? (laughs) I know you (laughs) talked about Filipino community stories and obviously continuing to work on that. Yeah. What is next for the future? Uh, What is something you're looking forward to? It doesn't have to be journalistic. It could be just either traveling or (laughs) eating out more now that things are hopefully getting better and more and more getting vaccinated. Yeah. What's next? (laughs) That's right. Getting my kids their double dose. That's happening this week. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just being able to to do more and um, not worry as much, uh, hopefully about um, the impact of COVID-19. That would be wonderful. Of course, it does impact people in so many different ways. So I'm just so we're so thankful that that they're able, we you know, we're able to have uh, the, the vaccine and have our kids be vaccinated. Um, maybe travel. Uh, I went to Harrison Hot Springs, so that's kind of how far I'm going these days. Is <laughs> yeah, Okanagan at some point. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, being able to see friends, I think I'm starting to do that. Um, you know, I've just been doing outside, uh, but being able to reconnect with people. Um, it's been a while. It's been a long time. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Amazing. Actually, I do have one last question. Yeah. It's my last one. <laughs> Throughout this pandemic um, and kind of things kind of shifting now or, or transitioning now, um, did you learn anything about yourself during this kind of last year and a half? Um, oh, such a or good is question. It, yeah. Anything that you discovered about yourself throughout this time? Um, I think something that I always kind of knew, but it just was made more, all the more apparent was that I kind of like being home. <laughs> um, I really enjoy being with, with people and talking to people, but, um, I also really appreciate slowing down. Uh, and so I'm, that I'm hoping that I'm able to incorporate that, uh, in, into, into life, even as we open up, but I really did kind of enjoy um just being able to be home I'm a big reader so like just like reading um you know binging on Netflix (laughs) so I I learned yeah you know sometimes before I was like I'm too tired I'm tired and that's why I want to stay home but it's like no I actually quite enjoy it as well so that's probably something that I I was made all the more clear to me 
I agree with you 100%. You know, I'd like to think of myself as somebody who is an extrovert pre-pandemic. And then during the pandemic, I was like, wow, I really thrive in just this time that I've gained that's so sacred now with, yes. with my personal time, uh, launching a podcast, yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> connecting with others um, virtually that I, it was amazing how I got to actually be more in touch with people rather than, you know, how there'll be scheduled conflicts and it's hard to kind of catch each other, but because the only other opportunity to really get to connect is online. um, It really surprised me that, wow, I actually really thrive in just staying home and appreciating (laughs) just the small things at home, whether it was cooking or baking and catching up on sleep. It's the best experience ever. Anyways, well, (laughs) We're thriving in our in our home. In our, home. I also learned I really like walks. I used Aww. to, but now I, I learned um, I like how it again slows you down, and and you have to be more contemplative that way. So I I fell in love with the walk over the pandemic. Wonderful, and that really is just um, appreciating. You know, when you take it into a larger sense, it's really appreciating every day that you get. Yeah, um, it's such a scary time today um, for every day that you get. If you get a chance and you're fortunate to, you know, take a walk, to breathe in fresh air, to take a moment to pause and just be fully present in the day that you are blessed with. It's uh, it's an, ex- an amazing experience to have. And, and, and that that we share with others who are listening. Um, yeah. Take the moment to take back some of your time. Uh, just because the, the world is kind of sort of changing doesn't mean that you have to rush into that. It's all it's, it's always OK. She just. Yes. Take it slow. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for being a guest on Filipino Fridays. Um, Where can our listeners, we have listeners from all across Canada and the U.S., where can (laughs) listeners check out your show and follow um, Yeah, follow follow your your show? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Our show is called BC Today and it's on CBC Radio. So you can see it on um, cbc.ca slash BC. You can listen live. We live stream on there, but we also have a podcast so you can check that out uh just go on twitter at bc today is our twitter handle and we post our podcast there you can search uh, cbc bc today and that'll all the links will show up wonderful thank you so much for being our guest oh it's been my pleasure thank you for having me Thank you again, Michelle, for coming on to the show as our special guest for Filipino Fridays. Wow, how incredible is it to have one of your media heroes come onto the show, right? Oh, amazing. Anyways, enough of my fangirling. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to our listeners for continuing to support our podcast. It's been a year already, fam incredible we've been at this together and i have the greatest pleasure to share with you that our team is expanding so we have a producer coming on board we have another editor so we are definitely excited to be able to feature more amazing stories from incredible individuals with stories that matter in our community continuing to teach us more about our filipino cultural identity wanted to say a huge shout out and thank you to CITR 101.9 FM for continuing to support our podcast. 
Make sure to catch Filipino Fridays on CITR 101.9 FM every Monday at 11 a.m. And of course, if you don't already, make sure you follow Filipino Fridays podcast on Instagram. And if you have any questions, any topics, any ideas, make sure to shoot us an email at contact at filipinofridays.com with our team expanding and some of our amazing hosts coming back. We are going to be coming back to a weekly scheduled programming. So make sure you watch out for that and continue to show us some love. Thank you so much for joining us. Catch us on the next episode. This is your host, Archie. Let's get it. (music) 